Hey, welcome to the Duke It Out podcast. We got a special guest today, John Brown, a fellow comedian. And um, so, what's up, man? How you doing? Not too bad. Stayed up till like 4 a.m. watching the Beatles documentary, but I was a little late getting over here. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, this weekend has been a, a crazy one for the podcast. We did a we did a 3.15 start pod, 3.15 in the morning start podcast yeah. on Friday, and it's Sunday now. Like, yeah. Did you guys have one yesterday, too? No. No, I thought... we only did the one this week. But uh, we want to start getting more recorded just so we can take a week off if we need to or whatever, because I like to make sure... I just like to make sure we have something regularly in the feed, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, dude, my and like my inspiration to like work like work my schedule to fit a podcast in, and like you know figure out time like especially with the holidays coming up, I'm like it, it, it's fleeting. So it's like when I really when I'm in that podcasting mood, I schedule a bunch of them. Yeah. Like, so like I did three this weekend, and I'll probably do. I'm I have at least two next weekend, and so like if I get five in these next two weeks. I can kind of be like, all right, let me just find one that I really want to do and just yeah. like just start again with this one. Like it's time to it's time. I I like to go in like I don't know. I go like hard for two weeks, chill for two weeks usually. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, it would be easier for probably for the holidays for us to do like a couple, like three or four next week or something. Maybe we'll try to do that. I'm thinking I'm gonna come to your guys' New Year's show. I'm trying to see if my girlfriend wants to go do that for a New Year's Eve night. Yeah, that's gonna be a badass show. Uh, Brennan Ayers, one of my favorite comics. Really, I yeah. never heard him, so I'm excited. Dude, he's he's great. Um, I've never met him yet. Like he's he uh, he just moved back to Cleveland like six months ago, but he does a lot of uh, he does a lot of road dates and shit. So he's not really yeah. he's not really in the mic scene very much in Cleveland. Yeah, he, but, uh, he's uh, from New York, or he moved to New York. No, he he started in Cleveland, and this all this I know from listening to his podcast, uh, Shit Brains, and and uh, David Horning and Steve Murr's podcast. You can't laugh at that. He did a couple. He did an episode of that, and hmm. uh, I think he was on that. But anyway, I just know that from listening to him on podcasts that he started in Cleveland. But I think he was only in Cleveland for like six months before he moved out to New York. Oh yeah. And, because, yeah, he talked about, I think it was on David and Steve's podcast, he talked about, um, like, that he kind of threw himself into the fire moving to New York when he did. And, yeah, if I was, like, like, six months is, like, two months away from me. Or like, yeah. So, like, if I, in two months, tried to move to a big comedy scene, I feel like you'd get eaten alive by the crowds for for a minute there, trying to just transfer. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it now. I mean, I'm, I'm two and a half years in, and I'm, and I'm, like, I'm not brag or anything but i was one of the quickest people to feature at funny stop he yeah. said and uh i mean i think i'm doing pretty well for myself but i still wouldn't want to move somewhere now i don't think i'm ready like it's, oh really i think i don't know i think it i think if you have like i got five minutes that i like you know like if you ha- if you can you're gonna do what you can do 20 30 half hour, right half now, hour. Yeah. Yeah. so if you have a half hour you could definitely go to, i think you could go anywhere and tell tell what you feel it out, do it. I mean, maybe you don't want yeah, to move but there I don't and live wanna, that lifestyle. Yeah, I don't want to like go. struggle in another city. You yeah, know what I'm saying? meet like, everyone again. And yeah, I want to be. I want to be one of the best in Cleveland, and then and, start touring from. And, yeah, I want to be one of the best in Cleveland. Start doing a lot of road dates and mm-hmm. shit, and then maybe move somewhere like that. Like it's, it's. I have a long road ahead of me, but it's. Uh, it's. I think I know what I want 
Yeah. Out of, I mean, I don't want to have a regular job, basically, and I'm trying to make that happen in the next, like, five years. I can't work at my current job for more than another five years. It's, yes, dude, that's, that's like, I mean, how I started my podcast was talking all about that, like, was just, um, like, the Dream Tour, when I, when it was called the Dream Tour, it was all about just, like, talking to people about what they want to do that's out of the regular, and, like, I've always been, I've always known that since I was a young kid, that I don't want to work, like, a standard job. I want to do something creative, something, something that I'm into. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just especially when you start doing something that you love, it makes your it makes your regular job so mundane. Like I like I'll go out on I'll I'll do shows on Friday and Saturday nights and mm-hmm. and you crush and have a whole crowd cheering for you and shit. And then I go into work on Monday and put cups and lids into a machine and it's just like this fucking sucks. Yeah, you know I mean yeah, it's exactly. it just. It's a job that I loved before no I started doing laughs at yeah. my jokes. I loved my job before I started. <laughs> 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 I, that's not true. I loved my job before I started doing comedy, I though. I myself. So <laughs> yeah. it's like me in the office with a computer and, like, you know, one other person. Talk to them a couple times a day. So yeah, it, it gets, it's, I, I can handle that. It's not a big deal to me, but it, it can get boring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, working at a factory is probably the most boring job you can have. It's yeah, but I liked it because it was good. It was good pay. It was an easy job, good benefits. Well, but the one thing is, you, if you have time for your mind to roam a little bit, that's good for comedy in your job. True. Yeah, I do come up with a lot of jokes when I'm at work because I, I basically just listen to podcasts and, like I yeah. said, put cups and lids into a machine mm-hmm. all day. So I want to say Mark Norman said he was a janitor in New York because that was he didn't have to think about you know, what he was doing right. too much. Like, he didn't, like, when you're running that freaking floor waxer overnight, you can kind of just do your pattern and think. So he was able to write a lot of jokes that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, it. it, it is, I do write a lot of jokes at work. I mean, because you're bored and you just, your mind starts spinning. And uh, with me, like, I never sit down to write. So my jokes, my jokes come in chunks. Like, I just, I'll just think of... Mm-hmm. A funny concept and just start running with it. Yeah, I mean it's that's kind of that's kind of how I do it too. Like, um, literally, I would listen to um, Bert Bert Kreischer on the Bertcast interview, um, Meta World Peace. Yeah, and that I'm just sitting there listening to the interview and I'm like Meta World Peace, and they're talking about him changing his name, and I was like, Facebook's called Meta now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a weird thing too because I think that joke you do is funny. But I also think it's not fresh on people's mind, the, mm-hmm. like the Meta World Peace thing. Yeah, Meta World so Peace is a throwback. Yeah, I think but that, that might Facebook be... changing its name to Meta right. is is current. So it's like it's like a weird combination of like. Yeah, that's why I think with that joke, something you might have might have trouble with it. Like may, maybe you need a little bit more context because it's yeah. like, unless you're like a huge basketball fan, you probably don't remember that yeah. the guy changed his name to Meta World Peace. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like. It's not something I don't I think would like move on too yeah. far with me, but like if yeah. I have a crowd that's a bunch of forty year old white dudes, they know exactly that. They yeah. know that. So yeah. like, you know, it's it's you kind of got to know your crowd a little bit there. Like that works on middle middle aged dudes that remember big sports stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. There, it's weird what some people don't know when you when you assume that people know stuff. It's weird. I had a lady who didn't know about the Jared Subway thing. And, uh, um, you serious? Yeah. And I, I did that joke. That was big news. Uh, yeah. I did that joke and, uh, I didn't see it happen, but another comic in the crowd 
was sitting behind her and her husband and was like, and was like, uh, what? She, he was, she was, I guess she asked her husband what happened to Jared. And he had to like explain it to her, like during my set. And I didn't even notice it was happening because they yeah. weren't in the front row or anything. Yeah. But, uh, and they were being courteous about it. Like, and they told you afterwards? Yeah, no, uh, uh, another comedian told me about it afterwards. You know? <laughs> he was sent over. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's funny. Dude, um, we were talking about this the other day. Um, we were saying, like, being 21 and doing it, there's a, like, I sometimes I'm like, man, people will tell stories of things they did, and I'm like, man, I haven't done, so. I have 10 years less life experience yeah. of stories and experiences with friends and different things that run by you that makes me want to change my jokes every week, every time I do something new. Yeah, and it's the same with our buddy Carter. He, mm -hmm. We talked about that on his podcast that hasn't came out yet. Um, but yeah, it, I think it is a slower progression for younger comics because it's, it's, uh, you're still, you're still trying to find yourself as a person as you're trying to find yourself as a comic. You're still going through the life experiences that somebody like me who started when they were 33 had already been, been through. Yeah, the and, 20s. You already did the 20s, yeah, you know? Yeah. You can still tell jokes about the 20s. Right. Because you yeah, and I do, And I do. Yeah. I, I do a lot of, a lot of the stories and stuff I do are from when I was younger. I mean... Yeah, the 20s is... Uh, I, I can I can tell you, being 21 is an exciting time. I, yeah. It's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. And it's... And it's uh, I do feel bad for your generation, though, because you have a lot more... Um, you have a lot less, like, I don't know, privacy, like, I don't... Like, stuff like that. Like, you're way more exposed to... Like everything you do is on the internet. Like yeah. it's yeah, dude. I mean, I'm as old as the year. So 2021, I'm 21. So like, Facebook <laughs> yeah, came yeah. out when I was like, you know, 11 years old. Yeah. So like. Yeah, dude. So when uh, when well, Facebook might have came out when when you were how old? I think 2011, 12 is when like people started using the weren't college kids. Yeah. So it was it was uh, I remember. I think it was like, shit. I was like twenty one. I think whenever, whenever I had Facebook, but you had to have an EDU account to have it. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember we had this party at Akron U, where we uh, they they like just came. They just made the feature that you could use Facebook invites or whatever. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so we had we had this party over on Annadale Street, Akron U, and. Uh, there was like five of us that invited all of our friends, all of our friends that we had on Facebook. Oh gosh! And we didn't realize like what the power of social media until that night. I think because there ended up being like three hundred people at this little house in, in Akron. Yeah. And uh, like the whole front yard was full, the whole backyard was full, the inside was full. The cops came like just to tell people that they, they needed to the move their cars. Uh, from the apartment complex across uh, the street, yeah. and they're like, "If if we have to come back again, we're gonna start ticketing," and we're like, "Well, I guess people are gonna get tickets because there's no, you know, like there's, getting all these yeah. people out of here." Yeah, yeah. Um, it was dude, crazy. At college, we had this party. Um, um, I don't even know when it was. It was just some random Friday. We we're like, "Hey, let's put out a Snapchat on everyone's story." Say, "Hey, there's a beach themed party at this house. You know, yeah. dress beach." Yeah. And then 
So it's freaking two thirty in the morning, and there's like me. So I had the the basement of the house, and then my two buddies had the bedrooms upstairs, and um, so we're all sitting down in my room just smoking, like the party's going on on the floor above us. Like a lot, a lot of our friends are there. Yeah. And so we text our friends group chat and we say, "Hey, st-, we just said stay." And I ran upstairs yelling, "The cops are freaking coming! They're on the way!" And the house cleared out so freaking yeah. quick. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, it's it's nuts to me. Like, and you do that joke about. You do the joke about your your dad having to find porn in the woods yeah, or whatever. Magazine. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's like legit. Like I I remember whenever I was like eight years old and we were like playing. We used to in Texas. We used to like play. We used to we had these big ass sewer openings that we used to like play around. It was gross as fuck. Now that I think mm-hmm. about it, but we used to like play around these sewer openings and shit. Yeah, kids be kids. We thought it was, we, we 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 were being Ninja Turtles, you know, like that was our, that was our thing. And uh, and yeah, we the one time uh, we went like into the sewer a little bit, and we and we found we found some Playboys in the in the fucking in the fucking sewer. sewer. Like it was, dude. That's a fine. That's worth going in. Yeah, like Those people might be people dirtier used to, than your average Playboy, though. <laughs> people used to, well, it wasn't like a. I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't like a like a walkway along the side or something. Yeah, it wasn't like a sewer that was used for sewage. I think it was just like some a, water drainage. Yeah, 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 water drainage. That's all it was, and uh, yeah, it was like the you know the the manhole. Yeah, like yeah. the drainage where all the, where all the street. whatever yeah. the gutters run to right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or whatever those things on the side of the street are yeah that's basically what it well yeah gutters. was that just yeah. houses that's what we called them uh-huh. yeah <laughs> but that's basically what it was um but yeah people used to hide shit cigarettes playboys like whatever they didn't want their parents to find they'd hide in the fucking in the woods in the sewer or the woods or whatever yeah. like yeah that was dude that was it see luckily so the like with my generation it is like crazy with the internet because we grew up with it and this the internet's growing with us like it's changing yeah. faster than we are and we've always had it pretty much like in my memory the internet like soon as i was old enough to be able to understand the internet i had it you know yeah you know i was in we had computer class from like first second grade up you know playing on the internet figuring stuff out yeah i also think you're a little desensitized to things mm-hmm um, I mean, you literally, it's, it's also like, like desensitization and, um, immediate gratification yeah. are two things that's, that are, that's what that joke's about with, yeah. the, with the magazines. I always had that instant gratification. Yeah. And then it gets dark at the end of that joke. Yeah. Right? You, I mean, you have everything you could ever want at, the, at your fingertips and it's like, I mean, when it comes to porn or whatever, like you have everything you want, music, like you have everything you want at your fingertips. Movies. um, Yeah. We had to work for shit. You know what I mean? We had to like, like whenever, whenever I was a kid, like, (laughs) yeah, we bought, we bought CDs. We went to Blockbuster and read movies. Like Mm -hmm. it was like, um, but yeah, I think the internet grew with my generation because we, I mean, whenever, whenever I was a kid in like elementary school and shit, we started with like the original like Macintosh computers Mm -hmm. when we were like just playing like Oregon Trail and mm-hmm. shit like that was all oh, you yeah, had. I played some Oregon Trail on on the in computer class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we and then we uh, upgraded as we as we grew up. I mean, you know, when I was in seventh eighth grade, we had everybody started getting home computers with dial up mm-hmm. internet, and yeah. then and then when I was in high school, it upgraded to 
what we have now, like the mm-hmm. like the high speed internet yeah, and Wi Fi and all that. Yeah, and then you had MySpace, and then from MySpace came Facebook, and then like it's just yeah, and then Twitter and tw- yeah. Twitter's hell. I, yeah, I I don't do Twitter. MySpace was probably my favorite iteration of social media. Really? Was, yeah, because it wasn't like. Uh, Dude, you could have been Dane Cook if you got big on MySpace. It was, yeah, it was, it was cool because it was more your your page and shit on MySpace was for for like high school and middle school kids. Like your page on MySpace was more um, more a representation of you, basically. Like, yeah, like you could you, you could like, like music design to it, right? Yeah, you could design your page with like whatever colors and designs you wanted. You could you could put music on your page and shit like that. Like it yeah, was like a Tinder. Yeah, kind of, but it actually, but it actually played when people yeah. went to your page, oh, that's like, cool. like automatically, and so like you know if you were like crushing on a chick and you knew what kind of music she liked, you'd put that fucking music on your page, to try, you know, yeah, like it was. Yeah, Dude, I think that's actually like on Tinder. I think having a, like a good song is like one of the is more important than your description or your pictures. <laughs> to a lot of to a lot of girls. Yeah. See, I'm I'm the type that like I'm kind of a snob with it where like if a girl doesn't like at least if a girl doesn't like the majority of the music that I like, I I don't Yeah. I'm not really interested anyways. Like that's See, that's important. To yeah, me. you don't have to be like into my music, but I don't want you to hate it. You know? Yeah. Like if I'm a, I'm a type of person like I might not know I don't know a bunch of different music. But, like, I like pretty much any type of music. Yeah, I just hate uh, 90s 90s pop and... Uh, 90s pop? And pretty much all pop country. Pop I, I can't stand Oh, you don't yeah. like pop country? So you don't like, like, what is... Who, who's, like, a good example of that? Like, mainstream country, like, uh, like I don't know, like, Blake Shelton, oh. Luke Combs. So like, you don't like Luke Combs? That's what I was going to Not have. really. No, I, I like, like, the outlaw like the like uh back in the day Waylon Jennings, Johnny yeah. Cash, um now like Sturgill Simpson and Chris Stapleton, like I, I like those guys, but yeah, it's just the overproduced shit. I'm not yeah. not a fan of. It's all that instant gratification generation, you know, they need, <laughs> yeah. they need, they need more. That's yeah. a, that's my thing about with music is like music went from some dude singing out loud to Freaking techno music and computerized, completely computerized music where there's yeah. no instruments involved besides your computer in like less than a hundred years. Yeah, which I like that. I like that stuff. Like Daft Punk's one of my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, musicians of all time. Like, I like like Daft Punk and and uh, Dead Mount Five and shit like that. But yeah, but music changed so fast. I feel like you could have like there's a lot of different types of music that like aren't popular. That could that are still like, like they they got played out because there's a new style. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, in the '90s, fucking swing bands came back for a while. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like, like uh, uh, the I think it was like the Brian Setzer Orchestra or some shit had the had the a couple songs and it was uh, that Zoot Zoot Riot song was yeah. huge. Like, I wish um, someone would bring back barbershop quartets. I'd be like, <laughs> Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's. There's all kinds for all kinds of different people. I, I'm not into some of the music that you're into. Like, I'm not into the, the like SoundCloud rappers. Like, I'm just not. Oh yeah. I just don't like the. I, I basically don't like if it's not like pure techno where it's all fucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's all fucking, 
electronic music. All music. I don't really like music that's like overproduced. Yeah. That's, that's. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I like the stripped down shit. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm not like crazy knowledgeable. Like when I listen to music, like I don't exactly know what's going on with it, like with the playing it, but like I know what I like when I hear it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have friends who make music and so like they know they they hear like all the different layers and like they know how it goes into it so you can hear the different parts that like I would never even imagine and when they talk about it I'm like I like the song man. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh for me really I think it's with with hip hop now it's it's the auto-tuned stuff <laughs> like I think Drake ruined hip hop. I actually I, I'm not I'm not, <laughs> not a Drake fan. I, dude, I I do like he I mean, he made the auto-tune singing, rapping popular, and then you had all of the SoundCloud rappers kind of mm. mimic him, but go in more of an emo yeah. style. And uh, you talking crap about Juice World right now? Well, yeah, Juice World, and and there's, I think, a, there's like Ju- I twenty think, others that are Juice? like Juice World. You know, yeah, I mean, there, there's some people like Juice World, but I think in my, I mean, I love Juice World, so I'm biased, yeah. but. I, I like Juice World because I think he was actually he's he pulled himself into a separate category from all the other from all those other style of emo rappers for me because like I don't know if you've ever listened through some Juice World albums but he'll go from like singing like actual he'll sing a whole song you know about his girlfriend yeah and then he'll sing like a um, freaking like hardcore metal rock song with Ski Mask yeah. and then he'll do and then he'll do like a more a more rock rap song, yeah. And then he'll do like a trap rap song. So he goes all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I mean, and to me, his music the, that I've heard, and he's never written a lyric. Yeah, he he went for an hour straight freestyling on a. That's crazy. He he had some legit potential. I mean, he died at twenty one. Yeah. So he had some legit potential to be in the next ten years one of the most talented artists of my generation yeah i mean the thing with juice world is like the music i've heard from him was uh kind of like uh his popular songs are not my kind of like blink 182 with hip-hop beats Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's that's how i describe him whenever but uh he he had some good beats i mean yeah i mean he uh i think godzilla was the song that eminem did that was the Mm -hmm. juice world beat i love that song it's great beat, dude um juice um the songs that like people that are like super popular are not my favorite songs from him. Like if I, I like um, let me let me look here. Um, I I should know this. Like it's my favorite song <laughs> by him, but it's just not yeah. coming to me right now. But it's just is, weird the the generation of to, to me the generation of rappers that that came out of the out of the Drake popularity, and I wish they would have came. I wish they would have instead came out of the J. Cole popularity. You I know, know like, I, dude, like we got it's... we got twenty fourteen Forest Hills Drive on vinyl. We only nice. got a couple of vinyls, but that's one yeah. of the best best albums ever. Yeah. That is probably the best album ever made. I, I like KOD better, but I, I really, think, yeah, I think KOD is one of the best hip hop albums. It's got some reminiscence for me. Twenty fourteen Forest Hills Drive. I was fourteen years old, and you know, freaking yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel. Like, I mean, he's he's my he's my favorite like current rapper. I would say. Um, I mean, other than, other than I still love Eminem, but yeah. See, like for me, Eminem was the was the like groundbreaking artist whenever I was I, loved I was growing yeah, up. Like, I loved Eminem growing up. My like, yeah. so when I got that MP3 player, 
and I went on iTunes and I downloaded my songs. I down uh, so like I was uh, my parents listened to like country radio, ninety four nine, in the car, and then like um, my mom would play Christian music. Yeah. So like. I, when I got my MP3 player, it was like this world of change. I could listen to whatever I wanted. My older yeah. brother showed me Drake, Eminem, and Lil Wayne. And yeah. I got everything I could by them. And yeah. I was just on the bus, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I remember, this will date me, but I I, uh, I remember the day, because whenever Eminem came out, when whenever Eminem came out with the Slim Shady LP, he like, ex- it just broke up. broke the world. Yeah, like, he just, like, he was the biggest thing in music in, like, I would say Eminem was, like, the biggest thing in music in the 90s. Like, it, like there was nothing, there was nothing more influential in the 90s than when Eminem came out, other than since Biggie and Tupac. Like, that was, that yeah. was it. And, and when he came out, like, when he came out with the Slim Shady LP, it, like, was, went crazy and everybody loved it. It was my favorite album. And then when the Marshall Mathers LP came out, the day it came out, I rode my bike to, I was, I was a freshman in high school, I rode my bike to uh, Time Traveler, the record store mm-hmm. on State Road that's no longer there, and bought, bought the CD and went home and put it in my parents' CD player in the living room and laid down on the living room floor and listened to the whole thing and it just like blew my mind. Like it yeah. was, like he yeah. was, I mean yeah, a lot of his early... A lot of his early stuff would be controversial if it came out now. Um, it was oh, controversial yeah. then, yeah. honestly. I mean, but um, people that he's like, I mean, I, he was young, 20s. You say stupid stuff yeah, all the time. Yeah, he would have gotten canceled if he came out now. I mean, it's... it's yeah, but it, he's uncancelable now. Yeah. He's, he's too good. Yeah. He's too big. It's like, it's like that's like trying to cancel, like, Joe Rogan. Like, you, you couldn't. Well, he, dude, he's bigger than cancellation. You probably don't remember this, but in the, in the well, you weren't alive, I guess. But in the in the mid '90s, late '90s, uh, there were there were like groups. I forget what the group was called, but there were groups of parents that used to have protests where they would burn Eminem and Marilyn Manson CDs. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like it was. That's it was crazy. so ridiculous. That's so like, funny. Yeah. Was it at the church? They were like the devil. No, they did it on like the Capitol steps and like oh my god, in like different states and shit. Trying yeah, to was... ban. I, I I hate the idea of banning speech. That that makes me so angry. Yeah. That's the one thing that I care probably the most about yeah, and, in this country is our speech. Yeah, and now like people talk about cancel culture all the time. I even said it a little bit ago, but. There really is no cancel culture. Like you unless you do something that's like illegal. You know, I mean yeah. it's like nothing like but you have but you have like you still have the freedom of speech. You just have to face the consequences of that speech. I yeah. mean it's you know, I mean yeah. I, with society. I mean the, that's the thing that about cancel culture that I, I I agree with that where it's just like, yeah, you have to deal with the consequences of what you say. But with this internet generation, the short memory of a mistake is gone. If you were a comedian in the '90s and you made a really crappy joke that got a, like it was wrong, yeah. you probably are able. That plays on. I mean, even if you're a big TV comedian, that plays on TV one time, for and then 
it probably they probably won't air it again if it was so controversial and you only that many people saw it no one tweeted about it and you can recover from your mistake and be a better person they hold thing they hold people make mistakes and grow and they hold people accountable i think the cancel culture though, like it, they don't forgive like humans used to forgive yeah know? but like who's really been like who's really been like like canceled though like i mean like i mean for, yeah i mean shane gillis came something. back from it shane gillis yeah he's, well he, just he was something. fired from a job yeah, yeah but he he wasn't really canceled i mean he was he, he's he's got a setback it was a yeah, setback yeah i don't even know what he said some it was some anti-asian joke that he did that, oh. that uh that snl didn't like didn't like yeah yeah um, but that's the that's thing. their like, perspective you, that it was yeah, anti-Asian. It was probably a joke that yeah. didn't come out right. You know. Yeah, that's the thing though. Like you have to, you have to, you have to face the consequences of your speech. And if a company doesn't like something that you say, they can. And, and you're not, and you're not like union or anything. Mm-hmm. They can fire you. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, I think you can fire anyone for just not wanting them to work there. It depends on the size yeah. of your company, but but and they have the right. They have to me. They have the right to do that because it. Whatever you say when you're working for that company as a celebrity reflects on their brand. Mm-hmm. So if they feel like you're hurting their brand, they're gonna fire you. Like that's nice. We got like a minute. We got like a minute. Yeah, but that's that's basically it. And then like you have yeah, like if you do something like you sexually harass women or something, you're gonna get canceled. Like yeah, that's I mean, just it. Like you're you're not gonna be able to get jobs anywhere and shit because that's that's fair enough to me. Yeah, yeah, that's how it should be. I think. Um, but I, I disagree with, like, people. The one thing I hate is, like, the people that... And he didn't get canceled for it. He just, he just lost a job because of it, and, mm-hmm. and he's fine now. His special was but, fantastic. Yeah, but, like, Kevin Hart, where they went back 10 years ago and found a tweet that that people didn't like from 10 years ago. He does that. And he, and he got, like... And he ended up losing the Oscars because of it. Like, that's fucked up to me. Like, because society was in a different place 10 yeah. years ago. Twitter you know? should Twitter should be, like, Snapchat, and, like, a month later, all your tweets are gone. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how I feel. But I'm they mixed on that. Archive. I'm mixed on that because I think politicians should have their shit out there forever, dude. Um, I, think, <laughs> I do. I, okay, okay. Well, uh, the the camera just cut out, but like the cool. sound will be here for a second. We'll just uh, <laughs> we'll take a quick pause and we'll be right back. And we are back. So um, we were just talking about um, like just like um, how the politicians should have their 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 whole Twitter profile. Yeah. So uh, my idea about this is if. There was an app. If everyone in America has a phone, right? Yeah. You'd, you'd have to guarantee that every person who has a social security number gets a phone for this. But if everyone, I mean, they've tried that. They could do that. <laughs> they can pull that off. That's not that yeah. hard. Right? They give, if everyone gets a phone, if you have a social security number, you can download, you download this app. You type in your social security number. That's your vote. That's where you vote. You vote in the app. And that's where the politicians make their campaigns is within the app so like if you're looking for your mayor and there's four people running for mayor they all go on there you don't allow a party system in the app because i I hate that i you have to allow like paul they have to put their policy and actual talk about what they care about as a person as an individual politician yeah they'll definitely align right and left maybe you even put a like um there's definitely there's all those different types of political um test that you take and it like graphs you maybe you install one of those in the app but if you do that the politicians have to be on the app to get elected so they have to be putting out what they're doing and it's this is also your way to directly communicate with your local mayor with your governor 
with your representatives. This is how you yeah. can send your messages to them. So it would make it more accessible for between the representative and the represented people. And they, you would be able to see everything they did there. And if, if they're on other social media doing stupid stuff, that's only going to hurt them. You got to be on here and be real on this app. Yeah, if they, I mean, if they could do that, and I was just an, I had that idea. For the like the problem with time. that, the problem with that is security. I mean, it would be almost impossible to keep something like that that secure. Secure. Put it on the blockchain. Um, but if they could do something, do I don't a blockchain know, with that. But if they could do something like that and keep it secure, well, the problem is when it's that big, when you make it to where everybody that's a, a citizen, a, a eligible voter, voter yeah. would have it. You like you couldn't control like what people that have the app like let outside sources use that app. You know, like and it'd be yeah. very easy well, for yeah. for a for we probably a, a foreign country to pay some guy in Iowa to let him into his app. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. I mean <laughs> so what you'd have to you'd have to there's I mean obviously you that's like just some random idea I had. Well, I, when I first got the idea, I was scared to talk about it in front of Siri. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh man, yeah. maybe I should pop my phone in the microwave. No, I think <laughs> I think the one thing I think the one thing that needs to happen to to kind of uh, save our democracy and what it's and what it's uh, become is the fact that our voter turnout is fucking terrible, yeah. and so that I think would, I, mean, I think a big deal with that would be that would, would be making it a paid holiday. You make, oh. you make it a paid holiday, like Labor Day, Memorial Day, whatever, and you give everybody the day off. Nobody's nobody's open, and and that way everybody everybody has no excuse to not go vote. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that, and that's why they have an opinion and they're not voting. Right, and that's why when people when people say that it's bullshit that minorities are disenfranchised and stuff like that, it's not because. It's just a fact that minorities are more prone to poverty, and when people are in poverty, they can't afford to take a day off work to go vote. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, companies are supposed to let you take off to go vote, but they but companies, but most of them don't. Yeah. I mean, they're not gonna they're gonna tell you to take the whole day off. They're not gonna they're not gonna let you just take off an hour to go vote. Yeah, like and so they need to just make it a national holiday and yeah, and that's it. I mean, it's. It's just so stupid that we vote on a Tuesday mm -hmm. and and nobody's off work. Like you, you have to either take off work. Yeah, have or we been it, voting on a Tuesday since people had horses? I mean, I think so. I can't remember. I don't know if that when the exact date is that they but, started that. But like, dude, if yeah, if that's been the system for so long, that doesn't make any sense. No, know? it doesn't. And it's it's uh, it's just it's a problem. It's a problem that we have because I think if voter turnout was. Was ninety percent say like, yeah. like you wouldn't have the disparity between right now. You have a party in the Democrats mm -hmm. who governs basically. They make policy. They've already they've passed they passed two major bills. They're about to pass a third one. Yeah, that's going to change people's lives for decades. Yeah, um, and you have another party in the Republicans that their whole goal right now is to own the libs to try to get reelected. Like that's their whole goal. Yeah. And if you had like 90% voter turnout, people would vote for the for the party that actually helps them. So they would so Democrats would win every election and the Republicans would have to change their strategy and actually make policy yeah. and actually actually quit talking about 
quit talking about societal issues. That because that, that's yeah, all that's, they do. That's, that's, my, that's all they care about. I think about. both parties are always talking about societal issues. Like at least when it comes to news media. Yeah, but one do. party's getting shit done. The other party's get like like trying to trying to still for it's been it's been like precedent for for four decades and they're still trying to outlaw abortion like it's just yeah that is crazy it's it's like stuff like that like that's they care about the republicans only carry about uh, care about the issues that like enrage their their base of of people like, i think both of them do it that way though i mean if you look at democratic news I, I'm not saying the Republicans don't do that. They 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 do the same thing. They enrage people at each other. But I, if you watch if you watch CNN too, they're just making people mad at the mad at the like the Republican. They're trying to get the people mad at each other when it's really the politicians who are doing yeah. this stuff, and they're trying to attack get the voter base to be angry at each other through this news through the news and through all this all the media that we're getting. I my big problem is the fact that we only have two parties. Like yeah. Because that doesn't represent the voters well. I agree with that, but that's our system, and and, and that's the exact opposite thing that the the founding fathers had in mind. Yeah, they they said two parties will kill us. Two but there's parties. no, but there's no, there's no chance of that changing anytime soon. There's a chance. So, the, I think the internet could change stuff up. That's that. That's my hope is that this new wave of information. I mean, it's changing stuff so fast right now. I don't know what it'll be in 20 years of our lives, but I think a huge change could happen with some technology that would make it, like, more fair to the actual policy. Because if you if you get if you get less party going on, yeah. less and less and less um, tribalism, you get more policy because they're actually trying to make the best policies. The idea of the government's great, you know. They go in there, they talk to their their voter base, and they'd be like, "Hey, this is what we need to yeah. make this country better for us." So that's not what they're doing, though. They're trying to stick within their party's ideals so they can get along with the other people and get reelected and keep getting funding from the from the their party funders. And they don't try and yeah. freaking make policy that. Like, half of making policy is them just tr- voting each other down and being like, "No, we're not yeah. doing this because." You're the other party, not because, oh, this whole policy is bad. They're, maybe they only want a couple things changed and they want to debate, but they don't. They take so much longer to do that because they're so focused on these party rivalries. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the infrastructure bill that, mm-hmm. that just passed. Mm-hmm. It was it was an infrastructure bill that that was like hugely popular, like eighty percent. It polled at like eighty percent and. It was designed. I by, don't trust people who answer polls, though. But it was yeah, designed by Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. It was a very bipartisan bill, and only I think nine or it might have been ten Republican senators voted for it. Like really? it was because it's it's they don't want to do anything that the Democrats do. Mm-hmm. And and both and, and yeah. back and forth, they just don't want to agree yeah. with each other. And it's and it's like it's it's, but. I, the thing I want people to understand is that, yeah, I think it should change. I don't think we should have a two-party system. But until so. it does change, yeah, if you vote for a third party, you're wasting your vote. Because 
there's been no third party candidate that's gotten over five percent in the presidential election. Yeah. So well, you could do it at a smaller level. You could start smaller. Yeah, you can do it at a smaller. You can do it at a state level or Dude, city level. But, it'd be so uh, like yeah. I'd be so hyped to have a libertarian guy run Ohio. I wouldn't, but no, no, no. Uh, no. I mean, it depends no. how libertarian we're talking. Yeah. I don't think we. I I I don't think. Um, I don't know. I've seen America in the last five years, and I don't think we're smart enough to rule ourselves, which is basically the libertarian principle. Is yeah, the liber- well, it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's more I mean, I like we elected a we elected a reality show TV star. I mean, it's you know, I yeah. mean, it's like I mean, dude, honestly, I would say he was he's he's not like. If you, like, look at... I don't think he's that very far... Like, he's not that as right as he at... As, like, they put it on. Like, he's not a super right guy. No, he just he's did a, whatever. He just he did, did whatever, whatever his, he wanted. No, he did whatever... He did whatever he thought that his base wanted him to do at all times. Yeah. And that's... That's that's all he did. He didn't give a shit about anything. He has he did no a couple. Views. He did a couple... Couple has, things that were all right. He has no political views at all. He just did whatever his base wanted him to do he fucking donated to hillary clinton in the 90s i mean mm-hmm. you know i mean it's i mean it's whenever she ran for the senate mm-hmm. and it, so it's like he obviously he was a democrat in the mm-hmm. 90s yeah, like, he was he has no views he just ran for the republican party because and i believe he said it it was his best chance i believe he said somebody somebody said that i forget what it was but somebody quoted him and he said that it was fake news but somebody quoted him saying that he ran for that he ran for the Republican Party because he thought the Republican base was stupid enough to to vote for anybody that's yeah. a celebrity, basically. And so that's that's why he ran for the Republican Party. And I believe he said that. At some point, I do. Like, it's, Dude, there's... Have you ever seen, like, the graph of, like... Um, and I'm not calling all Republicans stupid. Oh, no. I mean, if you see the graph of, like, <laughs> education by party, whichever party puts it on, it says that the other party has the dumber base, you know? Yeah. Like, but I think it actually goes like, so the least educated people tend to be liberal for welfare policy. The lower education, um, like working force, low education, working force tends to be Republican doctors and stuff tend to be liberal again. And and then once you get above doctors, the high, high businessmen, they tend to be Republic to like businessmen again. And like your money, your money stances, you know, people who want that Republican tax policy. Yeah, the highest. I mean, it goes back and forth realistically. Yeah, but like most, most like highly educated people are are liberal. Are liberal because, yeah, but that's all. That's a con- that's contra- a controversy with the um, colleges because you know high education in colleges. If you are a Republican, you can't teach. They won't let you work at, well, on on a college campus in the United States. I mean, that's not true. There's a lot of conservative professors and whatnot. It's they can't just, say they can't. They have to hide it, uh, in a lot of cases. Am I going the wrong way with this or something? Yeah, I, I don't know. Here, you want to take a pause and fix that, fix <laughs> yeah, that thing? Yeah. yeah, we'll take a quick pause real quick. <laughs> right. And we're back, and the mic stand is standing back up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's doing good. We've been struggling with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Let's. Uh, I want to get off of politics, but yeah. but uh, first, I wanted to I wanted to say that like people that we were talking about what liberalism is basically and uh when people will often like 
conservatives. Like, I don't think all conservatives are stupid. I think I know a lot of them aren't because I, yeah. I, I like having arguments with sensible conservatives. You yeah. know, like it's. I'll argue with anybody. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take whatever side you, you're. I'll take the opposite side of whatever you're on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I know someone's stupid when they call me a liberal as an insult. Like, yeah. that's because. Because if you look at the definition of liberal, and I looked, I looked it up to be sure because I thought I knew it, but it's willing to respect or accept other uh, behavior or opinions different from one's own, open to new ideas, or relating to or denoting a, a political and social philosophy that promotes individual rights, civil liberties, democracy, and free enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's and conservatives are basically. Are, I don't know what the definition of conservative is, but it's probably just the real definition of conservative is probably like someone who wants to maintain core ideals. You know, well, it's conservative. And, the The definition of conservative is basically, if I had to sum it up, is basically like we'll give that a gook. I'll give that less a taxes, less taxes. Well, um, that's that's Republican policy. Yeah, but that's it, that's conservatism though. It's less taxes, uh, more uh, smaller government. That's their that's their whole thing. It's smaller government, um, state rights, and less tax. Yeah, less it literally just taxes. says averse to change. Holding traditional values, yeah, which is which is that they claim traditional values as states' rights. Um, I do like the idea. I do like the idea of like the state being able to make some decisions because, like, I feel like some it, like, decisions, yeah. Because yeah. like the difference between New Hampshire and California is freaking insane. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but you do need some things federally regulated. Oh yeah, like of course. It's it just, yeah. I mean, voting. For yeah. one thing, should be federally regulated. Yeah. It's it's and uh, weed should be federally legal. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that I am that I am one hundred percent disappointed in in Democrats for is is that they still haven't managed to legalize marijuana federally. Like yeah. it's it's uh, two years ago, some some guy from Michigan told me he he was I met this dude at a bar. And he was like, yeah, I work at this dispensary that's about to open up in Michigan. I'm, a, I'm like a manager guy. He's, had a, he's higher up in it. And he was, um, he was like, dude, two years, two years ago, he told me, dude, five years, the guys we're talking to in the government will pass this federally legal weed. And I'm, I'm just counting on this random bar guy to be right. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I, when I was in, when I was in college, um, I was in a, uh, English, English composition class or some shit like that, and uh, we had to write a persuasive paper, and um, mm-hmm. and I wanted to write on legalizing marijuana. My teacher, my professor, was like, was like, I suggest you don't do that because I've read so many papers on legalizing on marijuana. legalizing marijuana, and I was like, well, I'm gonna do it anyways. So I, yeah. I did it, and I took the. I, it was when Colorado first legalized. Yeah. And I took the um, amount of money that Colorado made. Tax-wise. Tax-wise. And they did and a great I, thing with it. They put it to schools. Yeah, and I did the math, and I spread that out for if we legalized it federally and taxed it federally. And and I think I figured out that it would erase the national deficit in 10 years. Like it's, Wow. Yeah, and it's it's crazy that we don't do that. I mean, it's, And we're putting people in prison for weed and paying taxes to that, you're not even accounting that. Yeah. That we're paying taxes to keep these people federally indicted and we're not um and all they did was traffic weed, which is te- which technically at this point it's not 
a lot of places it's decriminalized to have weed. Yeah. But still illegal to traffic. But, yeah. Yeah, but trafficking or is selling, tax yeah. fraud. So yeah. you're really you're really in prison for tax fraud, but you have to spend time in prison with murderers and rapists. Yeah. When what you committed was tax fraud. Right. Why aren't you in debtors like the debtor prison? You know, yeah. Like, like if you get if you go to if you get arrested for um, real estate fraud or you know credit card fraud, it, you go to a fraud a fraudulent prison, which is less intense than these other prisons. Like, for, like they aren't committing violent crimes. They shouldn't be in with violent crimes yeah. people, and they shouldn't be in at all. Yeah, the other thing, the other thing I mentioned in that paper that I think we could do is what Alaska does with oil. We could do that federally with marijuana. So mm, they What do they do? They have a universal basic income in Alaska. Oh, really? And and so every Alaskan good things about that. Yeah, every Alaskan citizen gets a check monthly for for the oil sales that come from Alaska. And we could do that federally with marijuana and have a universal basic income and it would it would basically eliminate poverty in America. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really. I mean, yeah, it won't eliminate poverty. You would have people. There's in people the, who are just fuck it people. No, you would have people that are still that are still relatively poor. Yeah, I but mean, you wouldn't have. You want to erase crackheads and street drunks, but no, but you would pretty much erase homelessness in yeah. America. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's unless you it, it'd be by that, choice at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be it'd be like fuck it, people. You yeah, know? if you coupled that with like building the building the tiny houses and shit for for homeless people, there wouldn't be homeless people yeah. in America. I mean, it's yeah. it's there's so many things that we could do to solve the problems that we have in America that doesn't get done because of the way our politics are. That's, yeah, dude. And the other thing is like you talking about like like doing tiny houses and universal basic income here in America. I wish America thought about America more, you know, like we're, yeah. we're so focused on these foreign policies and it's well, just been, it has been like the world's important. Yeah. I'm not saying the other part of the world isn't important, but we're too focused on foreign stuff and we're fucking ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's take care of your, that's you gotta, one thing that, that's like one a, thing that, that's one thing that, that, that Biden has done that's been really good is he pulling out of Afghanistan. It was messy. Yeah. It was definitely, it was funny though. I got a joke out of it. (laughs) But it was was necessary. I mean, it's something that Trump tried, it's something that Trump said he was going to do. Well, he used Trump's plan. Yeah, it's something that Trump said he was going to do. It's something that Obama said he was going to do. And they, they couldn't get it done. Trump said, Trump said a plan, but he kept extending that plan because he didn't want to be responsible for the pullout yep. because he knew it was going to be messy. Uh-huh. Everybody knew it was going to be that's, messy. That's, that's the, why Obama didn't do it. That's I the mean, one thing is like Trump wrote the big like Trump's organ. Trump's I don't I don't think Trump actually wrote anything. I think the admi- Trump's administration wrote this plan to get out of there. Yeah, and Biden's administration took over and edited that plan and used it. And yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, Biden's plan was so terrible." But like, if if we're being honest, Trump. Yeah. Wrote the beginnings of that plan. No matter what the plan was to pull out of Afghanistan, it was going to be messy. Yeah. There's no avoiding it. And because yes, afterwards, yeah, you could look back and be like, oh, we fucked up. But yeah, th- but what, what can you do? If you that? look at it, if, the reason why I say that Everyone is because if you look at the fact that it took the, when we, when we started withdrawing troops, it took the Taliban less than a month to take over. That obviously we did nothing for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, and, and it sucks to say that because I mean, there's a lot of a hella heroin. 
Yeah, it sucks. Like hella heroin. It sucks to say that because there's a lot of veterans that gave that gave gave. There's not a lot that gave their lives. There wasn't that many people that died. And I mean, there were still and, people though. There know? was a lot of people, but but there's a lot of veterans that gave you, a year, two, three years of their life trauma for Afghanistan, and yeah, and trauma and PTSD and all that shit, and. And we didn't really accomplish anything, and that was obvious because we were, they took over and over and under a month. There's almost no reason to be there, right? Yeah, and it's it, well, it's it was it was for it was for it was for human rights. I mean, that's the only reason, mm-hmm. human rights, and the financial reasons why the United States had to be mm-hmm. over there. But we were spending more money there than we were gaining. Yeah, by, and by far. we were advertising human rights and focusing. We weren't focusing on instilling human rights over there. We were focusing well, on. They did a lot, though. I mean, they, they made they, it to where they they made it to where uh, Kabul was basically like any other city in in a normal country where mm-hmm. they did. They, women were going to school, now, like, like yeah. It's it. But as soon as they as soon as we left, it was taken back over, and that's all erased now. So it's like we obviously didn't accomplish it. Yeah. So it was time to leave. But it was going to be messy no matter what they did. I mean, dude, on like, we're, I'm glad we're out of there. Uh, it, it gave me a great joke, which I don't know if I can even still use if people still remember Afghanistan on stage. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's, have, it's... Have you heard that one? I, I don't know, but it's... it's the sh- This is the... I think it's social media, but this is, like, the shortest media cycles we've, we've ever had. I mean, you have... When something happens in politics that's, like, a huge story, even Afghanistan, it was probably the biggest story in, in a couple years... And it only lasted like a month, mm-hmm. and everybody forgot about it. I mean, that's, Dude, but yeah, we have the uh, the uh, what's the? Uh, I mean, Kim K's the chick that Davidson passed now. The, the chick that uh, <laughs> the chick that that uh, her boyfriend killed her or whatever. And then he Brian killed Landry. himself. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Um, that I don't know was what ridiculous. comedian told me that, but they said, dude, for the next year. Um, you get the, you have the heckle, you have any bald heckler as Brian Laundry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, for the next year, you could get him with that. I mean, that was so ridiculous because it was like, if people, girls, girls and, and p- people disappear every day in America. Yeah. And they were in a national park, which so, is one of the leading places to disappear. Yeah. And why, why when it's a, and I hate to make it about this, but it's, it's not true. Bears. Why when it's why when it's a rich white girl from the suburbs is it national news for a month? And why is it that specific I mean, one? You know why yeah. is it that specific one? Yeah. Like, there's so many girls that go missing yeah. all the time. There's probably a bunch of rich white girls that go missing. Why is this one? What are what were they bring? I I feel like there has to be some type of motivation behind why the people running the company were like, let's run this instead of talking about something else. I I, I don't know. I. I have no idea. I have no idea what they could have been. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the the news media, how f- it's so financially driven that they will run stories that they think are going to make the most money over what is the most informative. Yeah, it was a slow news time. I mean, mm-hmm. it really was. It was it was a time where they were talking about the, the policies the Democrats were trying to pass mm-hmm. all the time. And, and like it was like that was like a three-month process, so it kind of got... It kind of got boring where people didn't give a shit anymore, so they had to fucking come up with something that was sensationalized that they could that they could put on the news, and that's it's it's messed up. It was what everybody was talking about Dude, for but, for a month. I yeah. mean, and, and it's like, what? This is weird. Like people disappear in Cleveland every day. Mm-hmm. Like what? You know? In the, yeah. In the defense of the news, though, um, news has always been sensationalized. Yes, you see it more now, but you see everything more now. 
Yeah. We started the um, Sp- the Spanish-American War over a fake news story. Yeah. In a newspaper in the... When, I don't even... I don't know the, the timing, but, like, I think it was right after the Civil War. I don't know. Like, it was a long time ago. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It was a small little war, but, like, we claimed that the Spanish took out an American ship by Cuba and started a war with the Spanish over it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not familiar with it's that. A, it's uh, a super old one, but, like, people always say that the news has been... They're like, oh, the news wasn't always like this. They didn't always put out stuff to get people riled up. Yes, yeah. they have. Yes, <laughs> yeah. they have. Yeah. They've been doing it but since people... The the difference is with the news now is that now they report the news on, on almost every show. And I watch... I watch mainly I watch mainly CNN and I watch local news at work because that's what's on our break mm-hmm. room TV. Um, but the problem with it now is is that if you turn it on CNBC or or NBC or the fake news Fox News, it's it's all the same. Where they they basically they report the news for two seconds. And then they have five people to give their opinions on it. Like mm-hmm. that's it's all about the opinions. Yeah, of the news. yeah. I think all the news media is that way. I don't. I think. Yeah. I think. I, I think CNN. Like in my opinion, well, CNN, Fox is the only is the only network that calls themselves news that has entertainment shows. Like like. Oh really? Well, every time every time Tucker Carlson gets in trouble, they're like, "Well, he's just an entertainer." It's like, uh, well, then why does he have Fox News stamped on the corner of his fucking yeah? That makes sense. <laughs> screen the whole time. I just time. think like, Fox and CNN like they're the opposite ends of the spectrum. No, I, they're opposite no. ends of the spectrum. With the, I mean, they're both. I mean, CNN is Democratic. CNN news. reports the actual news, though. They just have the they Democrats more liberal. They just no. They report the actual news. It's just when they discuss the news, they have more liberal people on to talk about the news. Yeah, that's I, that's all it is. It's, I don't know. In my mind, it's it, liberal opinions. Yeah, but in my mind, CNN's Democrat news, Fox is Republican news, and you gotta you gotta get a mix of them to see what the general population see, is but thinking. The, the difference between them is is the CNN still has integrity because. CNN reports CNN reports the news, and then they have so many conspiracies in the last few years. No, that they that they it's all bullshit. So so much false stuff. CNN no CNN reports the news, and then they have opinionated people talk about the news, and that's what people take as fake news on CNN. But that's not the news. That's people's opinions about the news. Yeah, I mean, I guess where, it'd, it'd be the same way with Tucker Carlson then. If, if no, he like reports that. false shit. I mean, he's putting his opinions. <laughs> so does CNN. They, but the thing is, with stuff. CNN, when they report something false, they then put out a retractor for it. Just like the New York Times or Washington Post, yeah. they put out a retractor for it. Fox no News doesn't. That. Do, Fox News doesn't no do that. Retractor. Fox News doesn't apologize whenever they whenever that's they like report false a, information. Like, like it's, you know, but like tabloids put out false stuff all the time, and then they apologize for it. Yeah, but tabloids, everybody knows, is putting out false stuff. Like, yeah, it's, but when Fox News does it, it has that news. Oh, and CNN, the when they the put out their little, re- they're doing the same thing as a tabloid with that little retractment statement after they already after they already messed up and they got it into a bunch of people's minds. I just, I don't know. News media in general is got some. It's got some issues that need to evolve with the times, but it's hard to keep up with the internet. You know. Yeah, I'll you agree with that. I'm just not going to agree that CNN and Fox News are on a level playing field because they're. I think they're both they're real. The, I think they're the two most Fox, biased. Fox News was actually created to 
to be a conservative biased news network. Wasn't CNN I mean, too? To no. be a Democratic one? No. CNN was uh, CNN was created by I mean, they're owned by units. some of the biggest Democratic donors. I mean, that's but that's most most extremely wealthy people in in media are are liberals. Yeah, al- almost all media but they're is also, owned by liberal by high up liberal donors. But that's because they're they're liberals because they're they're highly educated people and that's the definition of liberal. I mean, it's it's the the difference between the two parties honestly is that that the Democrats are a big tent party and the Republicans are are not. I mean, the Democrats the Democrats have everybody from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to Joe Manchin. I mean, mm-hmm. it's and and yeah, people like me who are who are more are more towards the the left spectrum mm-hmm. are extremely frustrated with Joe Manchin, but we realize we have to work with Joe Manchin to get shit done. And I hate Joe Manchin, but <laughs> but like mm-hmm. it's a necessary thing because you're not going to get a liberal democrat elected in west virginia it's just yeah, not yeah. going to happen that's that's interesting because like i don't know i don't like i like i've said all the times so i think the i can't get a like the parties just piss me off so like yeah like joe manchin's like fighting against climate change which is like one of the biggest issues, like issues yeah. with the democratic party is which, is he like that's because the, his that's donors my... are coal are coal industry because that's what's in west virginia i mean that's Dude. My, that's my biggest problem with the Republican Party. Like, the biggest problem of all, of everything that they, even, it's, it, to me. It's abortion and climate change. Yes, yes, abortion and climate change. That's what I was about to say. Climate change pisses me off so much. Like, that should not be a political issue. Yeah, well, your, your generation, your generation is the first generation to, to actually, like, actively, actively, get out and protest and do shit about it. I mean, my generation cared about it. Like mm-hmm. we, we care about it, but we never like we didn't have a we didn't have a Greta Thunberg or anything that mm-hmm. like was like a nationally known activist for climate change. Yeah. I mean it's it's uh and people make fun of her and think she's twelve years old, she's eighteen, but it's you know, I mean yeah. it's like but she's doing she's doing what like my generation didn't do and we mm-hmm. should have. I mean that's Dude. The thing with climate change is, like, it's so crazy because, like, when you watch those documentaries about, like, what's going on on the Earth, it's, like, the ice caps are melting, the the levels in the, the CO2 levels are rising, These this is happening, there's so many different things happening, it's, like, I can't wrap my head around what a solution would be, I can only understand, like, little parts, you know? Well, there's, that's what it is, though. That's what our solutions are with climate change. It's, it's little things. It's, yeah. It's, it's little things we that don't add use, up to a big thing. My mom doesn't, we don't use plastic in this whole house. Yeah, yeah, it's shit like that. It's like, like, I'm not, I try to do my part a little bit. I drive, I don't drive an electric car, but I drive a Honda Civic because it gets, like, 36 miles mm-hmm. to a gallon. Um, I... I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan, but I eat Impossible Burgers because they're not bad and it's better for the environment. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's like stuff like that. It's uh, yeah, dude, I'm 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 um I'm anti beef, but like um, I I love beef. I mean, it's delicious. <laughs> I, I, I'm not like I mean, I eat Impossible Burgers, but like they haven't made an Impossible steak, and I doubt they ever will. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I dude, my, I uh, love my steak. It's, my biggest um, thing that I want to achieve in my in my future moving, like when I move out and I'm like feeding, feeding myself all the, all year round is I just got my first deer this year and I would love, cause if you go and get 
you spend some time hunting, you can yeah. get a deer that's overpopulating the environment and you kill it in a way more peaceful way than it would die, and, but through any other way in nature. And you are part, I'm, you're part of nature. Like, in my mind, you're part I of... I mean, me. if you're a good shot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, getting shot is you way better shoot than a deer, getting you eaten can, alive. You can you know? shoot a deer in the leg, and it's going to suffer pretty fucking well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I couldn't hunt. I, I, I know I couldn't hunt. But like, I want to hunt so I don't have to give any money to factory farming. Yeah. Have my own chickens and hunt my own red meat so I don't... I'm not going to quit meat because meat is really... It's good for you, and especially as a as in a, moderation. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. moderation, it, it depends. Yeah. Like obviously, everything's in moderation. Yeah, you know, you can overdose on a banana, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like deer is one thing that I wish tasted better because <laughs> to me, like, because it's we are overpopulated with deer, and it is something that it it is actually bad for the environment that we're overpopulated with mm -hmm. deer. So it's it's something that like. That's something that we that we should be eating, but we're not mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't like deer meat. Like I can, I can do deer meat in certain ways. Like I've had a pasta. I've had I've never had it in pasta. I've had it in chili, Real and good. it's not bad. And I've had it in, like barbecued, like like brisket, mm -hmm. and it's not bad. But it's not good. But like I would never eat a venison steak. Like you know, yeah, like it's just yeah. not. It's I am. It's really gamey meat. It's, yeah. So so I took the back straps of my deer the other day, and I just took one little fillet of it, like a steak of it, and I put it in the crock pot with um. Uh, a little bit of um, butter. We just yeah. use literally or a, a, a big bit of butter, and because yeah. deer has no fat in it, pretty much. There's almost no fat yeah. in the entire thing. So I had a little bit of butter some garlic, salt, pepper, and I slow roasted it for four hours. And it was just this, this tender, like slow roasted meat that like, I couldn't taste the gaminess with the slow cooking. But if you don't slow cook deer, it's got like this unfamiliar flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll cook any, I'll cook any animal, but like I, I just couldn't, like I have, I, this is one time where I lived with this dude out in Brimfield that I went to high school with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Oh, you're from Brimfield? No, I'm from Cog Falls. I was going to say, if you're no, from he, Brimfield, I can't believe you're not a freaking... <laughs> no, he, yeah, no he, uh, he bought a house in Brimfield because he, he wanted a house with a little, with a with little bit land. more land. Um, it's and, a nice uh, house. He got a, he got a like $220,000 home for like 135000 because it was foreclosed. And uh, so I, but I went out there and lived with him and he used to always... He used to always, like, try to... He hated the rabbits in his backyard because they'd eat his vegetation and shit. So he used to always... He used to always shoot at the rabbits with his BB gun to, like, oh. just, like, chase them off, yeah. kind of. And he was drunk one day, and he was he was out back on the deck, and uh, he had his BB gun out, and he shot and he shot at this rabbit. And I was watching from the window, and I, and I see him shooting, and then I see this rabbit in the yard that he's shooting at, and I just see the rabbit fall over, and I was like, "Oh fuck! I think he killed that rabbit." And and he and like five minutes later, he he like goes down there and shit. And like five minutes later, he he comes in, and it started raining, and he's like sobbing, and he's like, "I killed this rabbit, dude. I don't know what to do. I killed it. I gotta eat it." And he's like looking up, how he's to skin looking it up how to skin it and shit. Yeah, if you kill it, you have and, to eat but it. But he's hammered, so he he does this and. uh He skins this fucking rabbit, 
and then he puts it in a he puts it in a roasting pan just with like all of the like all of the blood and shit mm-hmm. just in this roasting pan and he's going to put it in the oven like that mm-hmm. and I'm like dude I hate that you did this but like go take a shower cuz he had blood all over him and shit mm-hmm. I'm like Go take a shower. I'll fucking cook the rabbit. Like you know, and he was, yeah. You need to go broth. So so I uh, so basically, I took the pan. I washed the pan. I took the rabbit out. I rinsed it off so it didn't have like blood on the outside of it and shit. And I put it in the roasting pan with olive oil and seasoned it up and shit. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. It was pretty good. Well, rabbits like, but it's but it's fucked up that he he just. Killed a rabbit just like because yeah. he was drunk and didn't know what he was doing. Like, yeah, dude, I'm surprised you can kill. It must have been a, a like a pellet gun or a stronger than a BB gun. It, it was, was one of the pump. Yeah, guns. yeah, yeah, dude. Um, because when I was a little kid, like probably ten years old, I had those Red Rider BB guns, and I would try and hit squirrels in the trees, and I hit one, and it just it just went <laughs> and looked at me real angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh, the only live thing I've ever shot was. Uh, I shot a, <laughs> I shot a bird with a paintball gun when we were when we were playing paintball one time, mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't die; it just fluttered off. But it was it was kind of funny. I smacked I the know. toad once with the BB gun. Real I was good. an asshole. <laughs> Dude, when you're a little kid, you just kind of yeah. like, what can I do? Dude, especially as a little guy, yeah. when you first when testosterone hits your system and you wake up with a rager every day, <laughs> you're like, but, dude, I should go shoot a bird with a paintball gun. <laughs> yeah, but if you start like killing animals, like it's uh, you're probably gonna be a serial killer one day. That's uh, yeah. I mean, whenever you're a little kid, if you it start, depends. Depends how. If you start like torturing animals and yeah. shit, you're probably gonna be a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. It's, dude, um, I wanted to kill a squirrel so bad when I was a kid. I wanted to get one so bad because um, this uh, I just I literally just told this story a couple episodes ago, but uh, they said Grandpa from my brother's baseball team. I was sitting next to him in the stands, and we were talking about he's a hunter, and he's like, "Yeah, I went squirrel hunting. I made this uh, I make this freaking squirrel gravy and mashed potatoes, and it's so freaking good." And he yeah. and he brought me a dish of it the next day, and I was like, "Dude, this is so good!" So I go on YouTube, and I'm like, "How do you get a squirrel when you don't have a gun?" And mm-hmm. so I learned how to tie um, a snare, like a like a trap for a squirrel with fishing line, on YouTube. And I went and I figured it out. I set it up, and so like when you when you lick peanut butter off of this little like piece of wood, um, it grabs the squirrel and kills it. Yeah, him. yeah. And um, I set it up and in the woods by my house, and I just like was just hoping one day. And I get off the bus, and I can see the trap when I'm getting off the bus at school, and there's literally a squirrel there. So I'm standing at the end of the driveway, like, just, like, distance looking at this squirrel. And it yeah, freaking goes up, licks the peanut butter off, starts to run off, and, like, it licks the peanut butter off and then runs off. And the trap goes up. <laughs> it, yeah. like, it, like, nicked its tail. Like, it was just <laughs> too late. Yeah. I didn't have it, like, tight enough or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I just never um, want to. I never want to kill anything. I, think, yeah. I don't know. Like I'll kill spiders. Yeah. I, <laughs> like I, dude, I, uh, I don't kill spiders. Like I'm cool see, with spiders, see, but like dude, I'm only gonna kill it if I'm gonna eat it. That's my thing. I had this. So so I had. A, I don't have a fear of spiders anymore like I used to. So I had the reason why I had a fear of spiders was because this one time, I parked under this tree at this party down by Akron U. 
And that night I was driving home and I saw a green, a big ass green spider on the outside of my windshield. I just mm-hmm. flipped it off with the windshield wipers, didn't think anything of it. And then the next day I saw another one, a green spider crawling on my windshield. And I was like, what the fuck? And, uh, like for like a month, I kept seeing these green spiders. I'd have them like, I'd be driving and one would like float down in front of me. Were they like nesting? Like, wipe them off. So, huh? So this happened for like a month. I keep seeing these green spiders, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm, and it terrorized me. Like you know, like I kept seeing these. I kept seeing. I'm like, I'm gonna get in a fucking accident one day because yeah. one of these spiders is gonna float down my face. <laughs> and I'm out. So, so I was working at Walmart at the time. I was like, I was like 20, I think, and uh, and I was driving this piece of shit uh, Ford Tempo, 93 Ford Tempo, and uh, I decided I was gonna spray. So mm-hmm. I went to work right before I got out, right. Be- I went to work early and I got some spider spray and I sprayed out my entire car and underneath of my car, the car. And then I left all the windows open and I went inside to work and eight hours later I come outside and I pull out my car and I noticed like a bunch of shit on the ground and yeah. I looked and there's like 400 green spiders dead laying, laying on the ground. Like they just Hell. formed this huge ass nest underneath my car, and oh my gosh! See, that's why you don't want to live in Florida. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier. You could have a snake up in your car. Yeah, and I started having I started having dreams about these fucking spiders, and uh, later on I did this thing. I don't do it anymore, but I used to dream journal. Oh, and um, apparently you dream more when you do that. Well, you can actually accomplish uh, lucid dreams if mm-hmm. you find your what they call your dream sign. Um, mm. And I don't know that much about it anymore. I used to know more. I've forgotten yeah. a lot of it. But but my dream sign was these green spiders. So whenever I saw a green spider in one of my dreams, I knew I was dreaming, and I would then be able to have a lucid dream. And wow. it was, yeah, and it was weird. But once you stop doing it, it, it you lose it. You know I mean? It's like, it's, it's not like riding a bike. Like, once you don't do it for, like, a couple weeks, like, you lose that. Mm-hmm. You lose the ability to so do you it. Journal but... every day to keep it going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, we just lost the camera, so all right, we'll uh, we'll have a little blank audio clip here. But <laughs> yeah, it, it don't hurt anybody. Yeah, we'll be back in like now. We were just talking about green spiders and dreams, but I <laughs> we got we only got a little bit of time left before we got to get going with the day here. So um, let's uh, John, uh, what's like your comedy week like on a typical week? Um, it depends if I have, if I don't have anything new on a, in a week, I will typically, um, not do anything on Monday or Tuesday. Um, I'll go to funny stop on Wednesday. I usually go to hilarities on Thursday and, uh, and then I'll do whatever shows I have lined up for the weekend. Yeah. Um, if I don't have any shows lined up for the weekend, I usually go to Funny Stop and do a guest spot. Do a guest um, spot, yeah. yeah. You too, Lately on Tuesdays, I've been seeing your Twisted Melts. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had some newer shit that I've been wanting to work out. My problem is, now I've got like five minutes that I'm going to start working this week of uh, stuff that I think will eventually like go into my full set. You do. Um, but lately, my problem has been I've been writing a lot of current event jokes, which is... They're so good though. It's, they're so much fun. They're, they're good. my favorite. Yeah, they're, they're my good, favorite. but it's like it's like the um, 
the shelf life on them is not very long. Yeah, like, like my like my Aaron Rodgers my Aaron Rodgers vaccine joke. Yeah, it's almost done. Like I was doing a joke about how Kamala Harris was president for eighty five minutes, mm-hmm. and it was a funny joke, but like people are gonna forget that yeah, so quick. Yeah, so um, but I, I had one that I think I could use because I you could use say it happened longer, um, about Walmart uh, discontinuing a toy because it was it was uh, in three different languages, and one of the languages was Polish. And uh, the Polish song was was a song about um, uh, cocaine, depression, and suicide. What? Yeah, they never like checked it to see what the song was. It was a company in China that made it, and I think the company in China just like picked a popular song from Poland oh. and didn't check the lyrics or anything. That probably so, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's messed up, but. But yeah, man, I I, uh, th- I have a new five that I'm five to six that I'm trying to work. Um, some of it is an old joke that I um, tried a long time ago and it didn't work. But I think it was because I didn't have the chops to write it. Yeah. Whenever I did. Yeah. Um, and I reworked it, rewrote it, and I think it's gonna work. Yeah, that's one now. thing I, I've been thinking about is like the jokes that I was telling because I dropped. I, I drop jokes like crazy, you know, I'm yeah. making new jokes all the time. And, um, I've been thinking like, man, if I go back and look at some of the jokes that I wrote in the first month and write them again with five months experience, yeah, it'll be at least a little bit They'll better. They'll be better, but honestly, I would wait until, longer. yeah, I would wait until you get to the point where you get to a point in comedy where you, when you're writing something you know whether it's going to do well on stage or not. Like, yeah. you just you I just definitely know. have a better feel. Yeah, and I'm sometimes re- you don't. I mean, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it still happens where yeah. I'll get a joke that I think is really good and it doesn't hit. But usually I can tell when a joke's going to be a killer joke or not. Yeah. And, it's, and when you get to that point, then you can go back and rewrite some of your old stuff, and it's mm. going to be a shit ton better. Yeah. Um, where it's just... You don't, you find a structure, you find your structure. Mm-hmm. Like there's, people talk about joke structure all the time and there is like, there is like a scientific line. way to do it. Um, like that, but everybody has their own structure as well. Yeah. Their own, their own personal style. Yeah. Like I don't do, um, freaking voice imitations, but what's that called? I mean, but impressions. Yeah. Impressions. Yeah, yeah. I don't do any impressions. I, I can't, but I see people go up there and like the guy on Friday, um, what was his, Greg, Greg, right? Greg Morton. Greg yeah. Morton. Yeah. Greg Morton. He has a million impressions and they all murdered. You yeah. know, so like there's so many different styles that you yeah. can do in comedy and a lot of everyone tries to give you advice about how they do it. And it's like, all right, yeah. maybe a little bit of that's helpful to me. It, but my style seems feels a little different. But like I I I don't. I Everybody's like, style is different, and that's one thing that like if if somebody's telling you if somebody's telling you how to do comedy, like somebody can tell you that they don't think a joke works, or they can tell you how how they think you should fix it. But you're gonna have to put that in your own voice. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like when people give you taglines, like mm-hmm. like taglines are if, for people that don't know. Taglines are just like an extra punchline after the punchline. Yeah. And people will give you taglines. Keep that joke going. And yeah, and they might be good taglines, but they're not 
good for you. Like you have your to take style, that. Yeah, you it. have to take that tagline and then write it in your voice, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so that makes sense. That's it. I, I talked about this with Gabe Gary last night. Funny stop. Um, everybody has their own path. Like there's no, there's no one path to comedy. I mean, yeah. it's just like, you know, th- there's people we were talking about earlier. There's people that do comedy for six months, move to New York, and then they struggle their ass off for five years in yeah. New York, but they become a better comic for it because they because they threw themselves into the fire. That's why I'm going to try and go up to LVT here soon. I want, like, I hear it's a little... It's tough. It's yeah. tough up there, tough but, room. like, at some point, I'm got, I got to go and try a hard, harder environment, you yeah. know? I, if that's the thing. I'll do, I'll do my new shit at, at, like, probably six times, six times or seven times at open mics. Yeah. Do and you ever do the funny stuff open mic? I am not really allowed to um i can so he'll let me close it out every once in a while yeah that's what i was gonna say because a lot of you guys who like actually work there on the weekends you don't you you close out every once in a while you don't get to actually go up no he won't he won't if you once you work yeah once you get that co-feature contest level you won the co-feature contest right yes so Um, once you get to that level it's amateur nights kind of you're a closer or yeah you he'll let you close out amateur night like once a month or something, especially if you have something coming up at the club, he'll let you close out amateur night to kind of advertise for it or yeah. whatever. Like that's that's about it. Like uh, here coming up in a few weeks, I'll probably I'll probably uh, I'll see if Pete. I think he's I forget when he's doing the amateur finals, but I'll see if he'll let me close out the amateur finals to advertise for New Year's Eve. He should give you a guest set the night I host. Yeah, when's the twenty first? Twenty first. Yeah. yeah. He should yeah. give you a guest set that night, because I, I feel like that'd be, that'd be, I mean, maybe he'll give you a guest set with Carter. Yeah. I mean, but. Yeah, me and Carter were like, me and Carter are kind of bonded by uh, when, when we started together. We didn't just start together. We, uh, we went through everything together with like our first year of mm-hmm. comedy. We, we, uh, he got first, I got second in the amateur contest. Like we won the co-feature contest together. We've just been working together. Up until the point that he moved to Cincinnati, and then even I went down to Cincinnati to do a couple shows with yeah. him down there. Um, but yeah, he's he's one of my favorites. I'll definitely be there. I'll I'll come tonight. What what night of the week is the one? That it's you're... a Tuesday, Wednesday. He's yeah. Wednesday. I'm Tuesday. Yeah, I'll come to that. That's that's. Uh, I don't do shit on Tuesdays unless I go to Twisted Melts. Yeah. Anyways, it might as well. I mean, it'd be a good guest set. It's gonna be. I mean, we got me. It's me, Cam Vanderhorst, and then um, Kate Quigley. But yeah. There's, I, I feel like there's room for a guest set if there's only, like, a host and yeah, a feature. Yeah, he'll give guest sets those nights. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, uh, there's there's a lot of shit. Like, crowd work, don't even try it. <laughs> it's, I, it's, dude, uh, I've been thinking about doing it at Pharmacy for, like, my first minute or two to try and get my hosting skills up. Yeah. I mean, you get 10 at Pharmacy. Well, you, don't, you definitely don't ever want to do crowd work when you're hosting. Well, like, like I guess you, you necessarily ask, not crowd work, but like talking to the crowd a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you ask. So you ask when you're hosting, you ask if anybody's celebrating anything or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's like as far as you go with talking to the crowd with hosting because you don't want to talk to the crowd and get the crowd used to talking to the comedians, and then you have either a feature or a headliner that doesn't do crowd work, and that's, you kind of fuck them over. That's by good doing, to know. Yeah. That's good to know. But if I, I guess if you know your feature, if you know your feature and your headliner pretty well, and they're they're crowd work guys, you could you could. Yeah. But yeah. you'd have to know this that situation to be able to do. It. Okay, that's good to know yeah. though. Yeah. I don't do I don't do crowd work. I, I don't talk to the crowd. Yeah. Like I'll call out. I'll say something to people in the crowd. 
but like it's pre-planned. Yeah, and the, well, the biggest advice I can give anybody on that is uh, I, I don't want to say for sure, but I think it was I think it was Chris Harvey that told me when I first started um, that um, when it comes to responding to the crowd, so. If, if somebody in the crowd says something and it's loud enough for the whole audience to hear it, you have, you have, you have two things. You either, you either think of something, you either something pops into your head that's funny, mm-hmm. that's not mean, mm-hmm. and you say that immediately. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't think of anything funny, just move on. You mm-hmm. don't have to address it. Yeah. Like that's the thing because yeah. because if you attack the crowd, it's going to turn the whole crowd, especially if it's something insignificant. Yeah, exactly. Like if someone's chit-chat, we talked about this actually. Yeah, I have the story of my first like response to a heckler and I talked about that on the brown petri dish, which will probably be out pretty Tuesday. Soon. It'll yeah. be it'll be out of, it'll be out the same time this podcast is out. So if you want to go check out that story, go check out the brown petri dish. I tell the story of the first time getting heckled and having a response, but like, you have, I, I don't know, like, the thing, but it just came to me that time. And it was like, oh, this felt natural to say something back to this person, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, if someone was chit-chatting in the back of the room, I don't see, like, people will be like, hey, you guys are talking back there. Shut the F up. I got the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, I mean, it, there's a point where it gets to that point. Where, like, if it, if it becomes to well, where it's becoming a problem, then you shut them down and you be mean. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's if it gets to be a problem. Um, but right. if it's just some drunk person that just responds to one of your jokes, you can either say something funny, to, something funny about it, or you can move on and the crowd's not going to give a fuck either way. Yeah, and, you know what I mean? It's, I mean, and like, I don't have much experience with this, but I feel like anything anyone can say, even if, um, even if it's like, it, it, it breaks your train of thought, you lose your place. You can always look at them and be like, and be like, hey, um, thanks for that. I lost my train of thought. Screw you. Like, yeah. it's such an easy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what are you doing? Like, like it's not, you don't have to be crazy. You don't have to have the best line. You don't have to murder every yeah. heckler, you know? Yeah. You the, crowd, the crowd work's tough, man. It is. I, I, uh, I failed miserably. Joke's on you is a show at Hilarities where it's nothing but crowd work. They do it the last Sunday of every month. You should go to it. It's awesome. Yeah, um, crowd work shows are amazing. It's a great date if you if you can sit up front. Crowd yeah. work shows sitting up front with a with a with a, on a date. It's like you guys are gonna have a great time. Yeah, but the first time I did it, hilarities is a big deal to me. I'm still trying to get booked at hilarities, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 a big deal to me. So the first time I did it, I was nervous as fuck, and I uh, I'm never nervous before I do a set. And oh really? No, never. I'm nervous every set, and I almost threw up. The first time I went up at Hilarities, and uh, and I did okay for the first like minute and a half, two minutes, and then I got to this lady, and uh, I asked her if there was something about her job that makes her nervous, and she says, "Yeah." I said, "What's your job?" She said, "I'm a 911 operator," and I asked the stupidest question in the world. I said, uh, "What was the worst phone call you've ever gotten?" Oh, worse. Yeah, you should have stupid you fucking question. Funniest man. Yeah. And so yeah, and so she says I had somebody commit suicide on the phone with me and my first thought was a suicide joke that popped into my head. Uh-huh. My second thought was don't do a suicide joke your first time on stage at Hilarities 
And so I just moved on and my set kind of petered out and it mm. was, and it was, I felt like I was drowning. That's, and, that's <laughs> the one thing, like, cause I only did that crowd show the one time at the funny stop. And yeah. It was, I was so new to comedy. I should not have been doing that. Yeah. But I mean, it, it actually helped me a lot with like, um, Oh, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know? Yeah. Like, well, that's how I think this past Sunday I went back and did jokes on you again and I did well. And I think it was because I had that mindset. I was like, I can't do worse than I did last time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was it's, yeah. it it was that like I didn't really give a fuck because it's like it's not going to be worse. You know, I'm I'm a better comic now. I've no, and I've been doing crowd work at the crowd work show at Funny Stop, mm-hmm. which is the hardest because there's only like eight people there on yeah. Thursday night sometimes. Yeah, you got to hit the same people that the last guy hit. You yeah, know? yeah, it, it, and so that I think that really helped with with my crowd work and. Uh, Will I ever use crowd work a lot when I'm doing a feature set or something? Probably not, but it's good to have in your back pocket. I mean, it's... You never know when it's going to come in necessary. Because, like, you know, some guy could start talking in the crowd, and that could lead you to a whole couple minutes on on, on doing some crowd work. Um, Oh, shoot. Jim Florentine, when I went to see him, it was right after the crowd work show, one crowd work show that I watched, and, um, you know... He was he was headlining that that next couple of days and yeah. he he at, he asked one question to me and my girlfriend and like he said like you know do you ever like what's something like you do that um it's like a couple thing that like as a guy you would never just go do with your bros and I was like oh yeah me and my girlfriend are about to go pumpkin picking it's fall you know yeah and he went into his apple picking joke yep probably he, yeah that's See that's that's not really well. He did his apple picking joke before that, then asked me the question, oh, okay. and then he he went on for ten minutes doing pumpkin picking and like different things. Like he kept that joke rolling with that yeah. little thing that the one little question he asked. Yeah, him. and he and he freaking he, he murdered the crowd. Yeah, that's that. what you call that's what you call prepared crowd work. That's mm-hmm. that stuff that you ask a question that you already have your response to whatever the answer is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, that's prepared crowd work. Yeah. That's, that's, and he kept bringing up pumpkin picket like the rest yeah, of the night. That's you know? funny. That's funny shit when you can do that. I mean, it's, it's pre-planned. So it's not, it's not as impressive to comics, but the audience members, the audience members don't know that it's pre-planned. Yeah. You know? And yeah, crowd work in general is super impressive, super impressive. Yeah. But like, also, I'm Dude. also as impressed by a great written act. It's yeah. all Mary Santora, incredible with crowd work. I mean, she is she is insane with crowd work. I I went to go see her um, at Hilarities. I think it was like two weeks ago. She headlined a Thursday night, and she did like twenty minutes of crowd work that just murdered. Wow. I mean, it was it was just some people have crazy. that muscle. Yeah. And brain muscle. I, I saw her do at Funny Stop one night. I saw her do five minutes on a guy saying that he liked to do puzzles, like just like on puzzles. roasting on this dude for doing pu- for like for his hobby being doing puzzles. Like, and it was like, how the fuck do you come up with this shit? And it's just, it's experience. That's, yeah. that's all it is. Because, like I said on on Brown Petri Dish, whenever you were on, mm-hmm. um, it's it's whenever you're done with a show and you had an interaction with an audience member. You always think, what could I have said? Mm-hmm. And then once you think that and you come up with what you could have said, that's in your head. So next time that same situation happens, you have that response. Yeah, and that muscle is flexed. You know, that muscle yeah. is flexed a little bit. And, like, it's it's uh, it's something that's super, super important, I think, to have 
a little bit of like you need to get as much of that in as possible. Like that's why I love the pharmacy show. Yeah. Is um a lot of those people were just there to get a couple drinks and then a comedy show starts and they're like, Oh shoot, what's going on? They'll yeah. talk to you. They'll yeah. talk to you in that room. We have a drunken guy with his pants all the way undone walking around the bar like that's oh yeah pharmacy's so unpredictable man oh, I, yeah. I love it uh, dude there was one guy the one in there the one night freaking he was wearing a nick no he wasn't he was wearing a kareem hunt jersey and um he was interrupting everybody's set and i tell this joke about um i tell this jerk off joke about and like i make a reference to a cantaloupe and he starts yelling out what about the peanut butter and i just was like dude um <laughs> do I need to do I need to call PETA? Like, is your dog okay? <laughs> and, he, he, yeah. and after the show, he came up to me and was like, "Dude, that was great! Like, he lo- uh, he loved it that I get yeah. came back at him." <laughs> That's great. Uh, but yeah, man, pharmacy's pharmacy's fun. That's one thing I want. I, I would like to do as uh, part of like my contribution <laughs> to the to the Cleveland Akron comedy scene is is start shows and I, I don't like producing shows. So what I, I think I could do to contribute is to start shows and then pass them on to somebody else, which is what I did that with Grindstone with Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've kind of done that now with, with uh pharmacy and uh, Matt Farkas and, and Jared. Jared Bailey took it over. Um, and that was basically our plan from the beginning when, uh, when I, Farkas, I like Jared's humor a lot. I like yeah. his style. Yeah. When Farkas first asked me, cause, uh, Wally, the owner of pharmacy approached mm-hmm. Farkas about, about doing the, uh, the shows at pharmacy and, uh, Farkas couldn't do it because he worked Sundays. Mm-hmm. So he asked me to do it and I told him from the get go, like, yeah, but I can't do it on a permanent basis because I'm a Brown season ticket holder. Like. I, I can't commit to doing something every Sunday, you mm-hmm. know? So our plan was for me to do it until football season and then kind of pass it off on somebody mm-hmm. else. We didn't know at the time that Farkas's work schedule was going to change and he was going to be able to do it on Sunday. Yeah. So I, yeah, now him and Jared rotate. Yeah, him and Jared rotate. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't go every Sunday to that one just cause you know, when there's a Browns game, I'm watching the Browns game. I'm usually like, ah, I'm a little drunk. I don't want to get a ride. And yeah. So, yeah, and I think Harrison Poole's about to start up a room in Kent. I don't know what night. Hopefully, um, hopefully freaking Monday. But I told him if I had to, I would sub in for him if I if I needed to or whatever. Yeah. Um, Dude, I um I want to get um in Portage Lakes here. Uh, there's a couple bars on the lake, and I I just sent out some emails to try and get a Monday night show. Dude, I would love it. Bars. Um, um, I personally. I don't think he. Lakes. I don't think he remembers me anymore. But I, I personally don't really like the owner of Upper Deck. But Upper Deck would be an awesome place to have a comedy show. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, so he's he's a he's a. He's got I used to work next door to him, so I worked at Brew Bakers in the Valley, and he owned Johnny J's in the he Valley. He owns so a lot of stuff. Yeah, he owned he owns all the Johnny J's, um, and uh, I just I just didn't like I just didn't like him. The way he treats the way that the the stories I hear from the girls that work yes. for him yeah. is it's yeah it's upsetting yeah if and he was a if he was a celebrity he would have been canceled no. <laughs> I mean it's dude I actually, I actually don't know like how yeah stuff hasn't 
yeah. come out or something. I've never liked the guy, but but I love that bar and their their patio that they have there, and I think it would be an awesome place for a comedy show. Mm-hmm. But I personally wouldn't want to work with that owner. So, but if somebody else put on a show there, I would still do it. I mean, yeah, I've been. I see the so the first place I asked, I asked he actually owns part of every bar on the lake. What the fuck? Yeah. So, um, but he doesn't. He that's the one he actually runs. Yeah. The upper deck. Yeah. And um, so like, there's two other bars on the lake, and I I started with the one picks, and I sent him out an email and gave a call to the to the place, and was like, hey, I want to talk to the owner about doing a show called Laughs on the Lakes on Mondays. You know, yeah. how many show putting it together? Seeing it, I'd probably be like, hey, me and Blake can run this. You know, yeah. something like that. Just. I, I think I definitely need someone who's been in the game a little and knows a lot more people. Yeah, Blake's run a show before shit, so. Yeah, I mean, and also just doing comedy for almost two years or two years yeah. or whatever, you have met enough people to be able to post on Facebook and yeah, get, yeah, yeah, get, yeah. A, get a note. Yeah, get everybody some, knows who Blake is. Yeah, yeah. Get, some, get some comedy, to get some people to show up. And I think a show on the lakes, these bars are not, these bars aren't struggling to get people in them. Which is nice, but that's also a reason to be like, oh, they might not have a right. They don't show. need a comedy show. Yeah, that's what happened actually. With um, from what I heard, that's what happened with East End because there used to be a show at East End in Lakewood, and after the pandemic, they were so busy all the time. They're like, we don't really need it anymore. To so bring anybody, yeah, yeah, so they didn't bring it back. Um, Which is kind of sucky, but like if you catch an owner who's into comedy, yeah, and even when it comes to the bars owned by that 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 guy, I'm not I'm not gonna shout his name out here, but that, yeah, but that guy, uh, the, even the bars owned by him, he uh, he uh, his managers do most of the running at the bars. So if you have yeah, a man- yeah, yeah. if you have a manager there who is into comedy, you can uh, you can they can. That's what you need. You need yeah. someone who likes comedy as themselves. Yeah, we're getting uh, uh we're getting we're getting pretty in here. We only got <laughs> we got yeah, a couple yeah. minutes here, but let's uh let's talk about let's just go ahead and tell us what your upcoming shows are. Tell us about your social media, and we'll wrap up here. Yeah, um, I have so I have High and Dry in Tremont. Um, at at High and Dry, um, it's High and Dry Bar and Arcade or Bowling Alley or some yeah. shit like that. But uh. That's on December 30th. That's uh, Bill Squire's show in Tremont. It's a really great show. You should come out to that. Um, and then the next night, New Year's Eve, I'm at the Funny Stop with uh, Brendan Ayer headlining. Yeah. And uh, also Bill Stone and W. Scott Ween. Um, that'll, be a, that'll be a phenomenal show. Um, it's a good deal on food, right? Yeah, they're doing dinner packages, um, a buffet. You get a champagne toast. Um, I'm not sure what the prices are, but you can go to funnystop.com for all that stuff. Um, I think a couple I know is like 75 bucks for a, like you get two people for 75 bucks. You get the buffet and yeah. the champagne and it seems expensive and, and your but, ticket in. You got to think about these t- If this was a regular show, it'd be a 15, $20 ticket. Right. Yeah. 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 And if it's, and it seems expensive, but, uh, I looked at like other comedy clubs like hilarities and some mm-hmm. other ones and they're almost double the price for the oh, New yeah. Year's Eve show. So it's, it's, it's a pretty good deal. Um, if you if you get your tickets before December twenty third, you get ten dollars off. Yeah. Uh, so do that, um, and then uh, listen to my podcast, Brown Petri Dish. Um, we kind of do it's what a good we podcast. yeah we kind of do what we did today, where we talk about comedy in the beginning, then we get into politics and news, and then we talk about comedy at the end, <laughs> and wrap it up. Um, yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of pushed 
push Duke into my format. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we literally but, get the same order. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that and uh, follow me at John Brown Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I mean, you can follow me on TikTok, but I've never posted anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if I get like one more follower out of this for Instagram, I'm happy. Yeah, you know, that's it. Um, yeah. Come out to the Funny Stop on December 21st as well for um, Kate Quigley. I'll be hosting. That's that's my 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 only date coming up, but it'll be a good show. It'll be Kate Quigley. I don't know anything about her, but you told me that she's a she's a, a, a great comedian. Yeah, she's pretty funny. Yeah, she's, you said uh, you liked her. Yeah, yeah, she was good. Um, I saw her a little over a year ago. I think she was. Yeah, she was really good. So. Yeah, so that'll be a good show. Come check out John's shows. Check out John's podcast. John John's podcast is really really good. I um I um. Personally, wanna I have only recently started listening to podcasts, but I love Blake's episode. Yeah, um, that was a really good one, just because I know Blake so well. But um, yeah, we've had so we've had basically like if you want to get to know the Cleveland comedy scene, that's our niche. Like yeah. we've had basically every comic um, on that's that's anybody except for like we haven't had some of the headliners on like uh, Bill Squire. We're gonna have on eventually. Um, Mayor Centaur is super busy. We haven't had her on, but like uh, Brian Kenny is a extremely underrated comic. He's a headliner. Yeah. Um, he is fucking hilarious. He's one of my favorites. He's like Cleveland's Tom Segura, in my oh, opinion. Really? Like, he's, really, I think Tom Segura is yeah, the funniest man. He's on the he's brilliant. Every single one of his jokes is like five minutes long, and I love it. Really? Uh, but but yeah, Brian Kenny is a good episode. Tim Wolf's one of my favorite comics. Love, that was a really Tim. good episode, and. Uh, I think our most popular was probably uh, Joe Graham because it was Joe Graham and Joe Briggs, mm-hmm. and it was and it was a little unplanned, but it was one of our funniest episodes. Do you have so Carter on? Check that out. Yeah, we've actually had Carter on twice. So Carter is on at the very beginning when we sucked at podcasting. He was also on uh, when Brandon was on vacation, and it was uh, me, him, and Jimmy Killius. Jimmy Killius has been on three times. It's also always a good episode. Um, yeah, Carter was um, the one of the biggest episodes of Dream Tour. It was f- almost 500 views on YouTube, and then, yeah, that's and then listens on top of that. So he his episode <laughs> blew up on YouTube. So it was what it was. Uh, him and the JB Jewelers were the ones that blew up for me. And yeah. so if you guys like that Carter episode and you're followers of the channel, go ahead and check Carter out on there too. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for checking Duke it out. Um, like, subscribe, um, follow us on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, yeah. man. Thanks for coming.